Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. No, I cannot just keep all of your users' passwords unencrypted. I work as a sysadmin in a doctor's practice, and as everyone knows, doctors are incredibly demanding and don't like to worry about IT. I was on the weekly touch base call with management discussing some tickets. One of the managers was frustrated that I needed to remote into a couple doctor's desktops to troubleshoot an issue. All I need is for them to be signed into a work computer, any computer, and I can remote in. This is not good enough for her. According to him, the last sysadmin kept a document with everyone's passwords. I repeat, he had unfettered access to every user's password. My IT department lead had no idea and so I promise you it was not in a secure, HIPAA compliant manner. So as much as I avoid speaking in these meetings, I had to very, very firmly tell him, no, I cannot just keep a random document with everyone's passwords. We would have to research and invest in some kind of encrypted password management solution. Luckily, my lead backed me up. Some days I really just want to scream because a HIPAA violation can get you 10 years in a federal prison. Yeah, HIPAA violations are no joke, man. I wouldn't want to work anywhere near the healthcare field. Not for anything. I mean, I get why we have HIPAA laws and privacy and everything else, but uh, at the same time, it makes it very difficult to get things done. So, New employee doesn't realize ticket history exists. A long time and a few jobs ago, Another new ticket popped into my queue, accompanied by the familiar fanfare of both my computer and my phone announcing the arrival of the email notification. When I open it, I see this. Names changed to protect the guilty. The Scunthorpe report isn't working. It wasn't uncommon for departments to have various internal reports with various names they use among themselves and know what they are. It was uncommon, however, for them to realize that there exists other departments such as IT who are unfamiliar with their internal jargon. And that's not even mentioning how utterly useless a ticket is when the problem is described as isn't working, doesn't load, errors out, help me out here. So I pick up my phone and dial the user's extension. No answer. I leave a voicemail telling her I need more information, then update the ticket to say the same and set the status to waiting on client, and move on to the next ticket. A couple days later, I notice the ticket is still in my queue with no updates, so I pick up the phone again and again leave a voicemail. Almost two weeks later I get the fanfare of a new email notification. This one announcing a ticket has been reopened. Surprised I open it. It's the Scunthorpe ticket again. Now with a new client update. Do not close this ticket. The issue is not resolved. Confused I check the ticket history and see that System closed the ticket a couple days earlier. Turns out if a ticket languishes in waiting on client for two weeks with no updates, the system automatically closes it. So I leave another voicemail, add another note to the ticket, and again set the status to waiting on client. Again, there's radio silence for two weeks, followed by the ticket being angrily reopened. We repeat this dance over and over with the reopening messages becoming increasingly vulgar and abusive. I stopped wasting my time leaving voicemails, and it just became a bi-weekly ritual to add another request for more, well, any, information and change the status again. Honestly, I probably should have reported the abusive language, but it was far milder than I get from 12-year-olds in Halo Deathmatch, so I just let it roll off my back and carry on. So this goes on for probably 3 or 4 months or so, 
and suddenly I get a call from HR requesting I come down right away. Not thinking anything of it, probably another HR tech needing help configuring their outlook, I head on down, only to be ushered into a tiny office that passes for their conference room. There, already waiting for me, are my boss, the assistant director of HR, who we'll call Tina, and a woman I've never met, who we'll call Alice. Tina starts to explain something about my behavior, or attitude, I can't remember now, becoming a problem, when she's interrupted by Alice, who begins ranting at me about my refusal to help her, and how it's made her unable to do her job. Halfway through her ranting, it suddenly clicks who this is. The Scunthorpe Ticket Client. I let her finish, then quietly open my laptop, log into the ticket system, and pull up the ticket. I turn the screen so my boss and Tina can see and start to slowly scroll through the months-long history on this ticket. Alice has lost all color in her face as I make sure to pause a little longer on her more abusive comments. She's silent as Tina apologizes and dismisses my boss and I. A couple days later, the ticket is auto-closed again, having had no updates in two weeks. It's never reopened. I never hear from Alice again, or see her again. I don't know if she was fired or encouraged to quit. Encouraging people to quit seemed to be a popular pastime in HR. Or just spent her time there hiding in whatever hole they'd put her in. And to this day, I still don't know what the Scunthorpe Report was. It's funny, every industry, and even parts of those industries, have their own jargon for things. Their own terminology. Sometimes they just make stuff up on the fly and call it whatever. But even if this tech knew what Scunthorpe was... Um, not explaining yourself why it, what do you mean it's not working? What is it doing? Are you getting an error? Is it opening at all? Is it opening and then closing right away? You know, something, some kind of interaction. But if you're not even going to go that far, then it doesn't matter what it's called. Your backups are causing the compiler to fail. Back in the early 1990s, I worked in a department of a research center that had a mix of servers each running their own version of Unix or Linux. Each server had its own unique quirks, and it was my team's responsibility to administer them all, so we had to keep track of what was odd from one system to another. One day, one of the programmers came into our office, and she was complaining that her C program compiles were failing because backups were running. A strange issue indeed. We checked and saw that they were indeed running, so as a favor, we stopped the backups. It seemed very strange that it happened, but since the machine was strange, we didn't think much of it. The problem is that those backups were very slow, and they took most of the day to run. They were on these QIC-150 cartridge tapes, which were pretty slow, even by early 1990s standards. We restarted the backups and let them finish later on. Next day, she comes back in, same situation, and we tried to delve further into the issue, but couldn't find anything. Even after stopping the backup, she came back again and complained that something was still wrong and that her code wouldn't compile. There wasn't much in the way of tech support for this server and operating system, but we suspected that she was just using it as an excuse. Backups should only just read files and write them to tape, yes? The next day, she returned with her team lead, her boyfriend actually, and he insisted we fix the problem right then and there, since it happened yet again. So we walked over to her desk and watched what she was doing. Sure enough, she ran the compiler and her program wouldn't compile. However, her compiles were complaining of syntax errors in the code and missing components. Her method of compiling didn't involve using standard CMake files, but she had written her own convoluted scripts that mimicked what a standard CMake file would do. She claimed it was easier, but whatever. As soon as her script would fail, she would immediately check all running processes and sure enough, the backups were running. She hurriedly pointed... 
She hurriedly pointed to the backup processes on the screen and exclaimed, That must be the problem. Instead of believing her, we asked to look at her code. We found problems with her code, and that was the real reason for the failures. Big surprise. We fixed those and her program compiled. She wouldn't accept that and kept insisting it was the system backups causing her problem. At that point, we just smiled and nodded and said we'd return when we had a solution. When we got back to our desks, one of the guys had a possible solution, but he wouldn't tell us until he was sure it had worked. The next day, we checked in with her. She ran into compiler problems again, but she saw that the backups weren't running, so the problem was elsewhere. She went back to her code and figured out what she had to fix and never came back to us about this again. The solution? She told us exactly what she blamed, so my coworker took that out of the picture. Instead of stopping the backups, he changed the name of the backup program to Emacs, a text editor so that when she checked the system processes, she only saw that the operator was running an editor. Backups were never a problem again. I'll never forget that one. I don't know if this makes any sense, but in my brain, I was picturing the, the coyote running off the cliff trying to chase the uh, roadrunner. And as long as he doesn't look down, he doesn't fall. Once he looks down, down he goes. Um, maybe not. Maybe it doesn't make any sense. I very rarely make any sense myself. But anyway, um, basically what OP's team did was force this lady to you know, realize that that wasn't the issue. And it forced her to go back in and rework her code and straighten things out and fix whatever the actual problem was on her end. So it worked. You still had your backups running. She solved her own problem and uh, went away. This year I'm out of a job, I guess. So this was a call I had from a few years ago when I first started my current position. So reciting this one from memory. Me, thank you for calling the IT help desk. This is my name. How may I assist you today? Customer, my computer's not working. Can you send me a new one? Me, what's happening with your computer? I'll sign into it so I can take a look at this and see if I can fix it. Can you give me the computer number? Customer, no, I don't want it fixed. I want a new one. I checked the customer's record and they don't have permission to receive a new computer just yet. Me. Customer, I'll need to determine the error first. Customer. Just send it over to Tier 2. I contact my supervisor and let them know the customer is not cooperating, and I get permission to escalate it. Me. Okay, customer, I'm sending it to Tier 2 now. Someone should arrive to look at it. Customer. Will they send me a new computer? One that won't break? It's the 2020s. You should have perfected computers by now, and they shouldn't be breaking at all. Hopefully this year's models won't break. Me in stunned silence. I'll see what we can do. Would you like the ticket number? And the customer hangs up. What does she mean? Like, it's the 2020s and computers shouldn't break. Like, what is she doing to actually break these computers? Most computers just sit. Now, it could be a laptop and she's moving it around, but still, I mean, most of the time, I'm pretty abusive with laptops and I've never had one break. Well, that's not true. I did kill a hard drive once dropping a laptop, but for the most part... Especially now that SSDs are a thing, that's less of an issue. Um, I'm very abusive with this generic Logitech keyboard. And uh, other than having a glitch with my USB hub, um, it's never failed me. I mean, I drop this thing on the floor, the cats sleep on it. Yeah, time to clean that. Client reinstalls Windows by themselves and then complains that none of their files are there. So one of my clients asked me to assist them with their computer not booting up. I work remotely, so I couldn't be on site to troubleshoot. So I work with them over the phone to ensure the hardware is connected properly and the BIOS is set up correctly. 
Computer still doesn't boot, so I inquire if they have a boot disk or USB bootable drive. They say they do, but they'll have to find it and they'll call me back later. About two hours pass and I receive a frantic call that the customer got Windows to work, but all their programs and files are gone from the desktop. I can't connect to the computer, so I get them to reinstall our rat and find a lovely discovery. They didn't repair Windows, they completely reinstalled it. I gave them specific instructions on how to repair Windows when they found their boot media. I told them not to click install Windows multiple times. I asked that they call me before they proceed to avoid any issues. Oh well. Luckily they had their files backed up to another drive, so I was able to get some of them back. The ones that were backed up the previous day. I reinstalled their software and set it all up again. Client was happy, so I guess it ended well. There are some people that should just never touch anything technical, mostly software related. And I know darn well there was a message that popped up on this user's screen that said, if you choose to install, blah, 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 it will delete everything, format the drive. And even if you didn't understand what it was saying, if you Googled it, or if you called the tech back like you were supposed to, it would have stopped you from doing any of that silly stuff. So people are just too hard-headed for their own good. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.